From one silly season right into the next during the Lions 24-7 podcast, the NFL draft is over. All the BS, the rumors, the hype that goes into it is behind us. Normally the biggest silly season of, for football. I'd probably agree, except for I need to generate content out of thin air for the next two months. So for me, May and June now are the silliest season of them all. Yes, May. Well, it used to be July that used to be the, the, the slow time in this, but... May has kind of crept up and taken over that that role. It's kind of bear with us season, I think, is is the way to describe it. And I'd rather be open about it. Like, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah. You know, you you want to listen about Penn State football. We are happy to talk about it. The thing is, we don't want to provide you just with hot air or nothing. Um, and we kind of oh, we got to, plenty, we got plenty of that. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why you're here. Um, but you know, ultimately, there, there's not a whole lot of substance, so you've got to create other things. And I think in some exercises, the hypotheticals and the questions are useful. So we're going to try to use as many of those as possible. But what we're also going to do is embrace the stupidness, uh, stupidity, and the silliness of the season. Okay. So we are. Uh, I think a, hell of a lot of that to go around. <laughs> yeah, I'm really. I'm actually thoroughly excited. <clears throat> excuse me to dive headfirst into that because I, was it last episode or two week uh, two weeks ago that we did power ranking players as potential bouncers. That was two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Okay. We're going to return to that now. Okay. And I'd like to make this a weekly segment of just the stupidest power rankings you can think of. And you'll see in a couple of minutes because we're going to go straight into that. We'll probably back it off and do some more serious ones, but they're fun. It's kind of just a, hey, this is May and June and we all know it. Lines 24-7, your home for stupid power rankings. <laughs> Fantastic. They're very fun, though. Yes. Um, all right. Beyond that, we are going to talk some NFL draft. I had a couple pieces up after the draft talking about their undrafted free agents. They had eight undrafted free agents that signed after six draft picks. Looking ahead to 2019, who are the guys who could declare early? And then some recruiting. Some shocking news on Friday that you slept through, which is I only mentioned because that's obviously not, not the norm. It's the best um, way to go it, through shocking it, news. Yeah. <laughs> and it caught everybody off guard. And, of course, we got the mail back. So uh, let's alternate between serious and silly. Um, starting with the serious, that's is going to mean that uh, the silly is the mailbag. But we got some good stuff in there. All right. Um, draft, power rankings, recruiting, mailbag. The draft. You won our bet. I did. Congratulations. Yeah, you showed up at my house with a cooler full of local six packs. You were up in Massachusetts uh, mm-hmm. saying happy birthday to your happy birthday to your mother. By the Thank way. Thank you. Happy birthday to your wife. Hey, appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> These are our weekly shout outs. We had third straight episode with a sh- uh, shout out. Yeah. Uh, Peter Drennan got one last week. All right. And uh, my mom got one. She was really happy about that. She was. Yeah. Very Good. happy. So um, anyway, but uh, the mock draft, yes, you showed up with a few local six, New England six packs for me. I appreciate yep. that. Uh, I will say this. The one that we put up uh, – we did the one on the podcast and, and I won that. I think I was overwhelming you know, in that one. And they were a little bit different too. If right. We go back. The, the idea on the podcast was like, OK, pick a selection that should be closest to – it's like we were playing Battleship with a mock draft. Like okay. we want to be closest to the eventual selection. It might not be the right fit, but I think this is a good range. So let me pick that nearest pick. I stuck to the plan. I just put them all the same mostly because Thursday morning when I woke up, I hadn't done it yet. You, you had a had text for me. Yeah. Mock draft, question mark. Next yeah. text. Question mark, question mark, question mark, question <laughs> mark. Next text. Expletive. Yes. Anyway, um, yeah, so I won the mock draft on the podcast. But I got to say, yours on the site, three of the what? Three of the first four picks were, were nailed or something like yep. that. Or three three picks exactly, which, you know, Saquon is, is – you, you nailed that one. We, Mark and I both had him going fourth overall. So, you know, the top five is top five. It's pretty easy. I won't say easy, but to nail that down. 
where you went to Siki at 42, which I had on the podcast last week, and everybody actually had that on our mock draft, and then Marcus Allen in the fifth round of the Steelers. Yeah. That's pretty impressive given how many opportunities he had to go off the board. I mean, that's, that's – I tip my hat to you on that one. Well, thank you. Yeah, I felt good about that. Of course, the first – you know, of the four picks I didn't get right, no one had. Troy Apke, fourth round of the Washington Redskins, your Washington Redskins. My Washington. Very much a measurables pick. And, you know, again, you can knock them because I think the ultimate point is there's not a lot of value there – from the standpoint of you probably could have grabbed him later. Right. Now, obviously, they felt differently. He was higher on their board. But this is a projection pick where you go, okay, he runs sub 4-4. In his one season as a starter at Penn State, he was productive. Prior to that, he changed positions and didn't have a whole lot of experience. So for this is when he does get that more, the greater experience, he'll be more productive can, and far better. You can better. build an argument to take him. I, I mean, as a Redskin fan, I, I think they did take him a little bit too high. But you know what? I hope he's an all-pro. No, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, they need plenty it. of help at safety. He can play on special teams. He can add value to your roster. And they, they've had worse first-round picks than, than Troy Apke is a fourth-round pick. So As for Kosicki of 42, we all you know nailed that, I think, because it was just the perfect merging point of need and talent. Guy who had a little bit of late-round first-round uh, first discussion. I even did an interview in a New Orleans radio station. They're like, all right, we really think we're getting him. Mike Kosicki, tell us about him, blah, blah, blah. Saints at 27. And I, yeah. I cautioned. I was like, you know, honestly, I think most teams – in the league have Hayden Hurst who went first to the Ravens a little bit ahead of him um, but in that second round you take either just an elite skill where you're trying to fill in some other gaps into a, a particular player's game and he fits right in there right. so you're not asking him to block when it comes to playing that position just kind of get in the way but they had Julius Thomas who's not there so it looks like they're fine having a tight end who cannot block and um, tremendous opportunity for him yeah but, and that was the range you should have gone in the team that that really could use him so uh, beyond that yeah you said Barkley was, was kind of easy there if the Giants weren't going quarterback which I, I think they should have um, then Saquon's the easy pick. And, and Marcus Allen, for me, to the Steelers was about, again, you get into that fifth round, it's similar to the second where you've got an elite skill and you're trying to fill in the rest of the game, except for usually later, of course, you have more limitations. So for him, strictly a box safety, but he's very physical. They have a big need there in Pittsburgh. Obviously, all the personal connections, I think, get overrated at this time of year, but it made too much sense. And I was never on the Marcus Allen could go round three. Maybe round four, round five felt like a good fit to me. Yeah, I had him. I think late round four. Um, I can see the holes. You know, it's just he's a straight line speed. Probably not there. I just think the the biggest surprise there is him being drafted behind Apke. I mean, yeah, Allen's a four year starter. Apke's a one year guy. Um, man, that's that's crazy to think about when you watch Penn State football for the last four years that that Marcus Allen would be drafted behind Troy Apke. It's okay. crazy. The other part about that is, uh, you know, Christian Campbell goes. And that was about in the same range. Goes to the Cardinals, who was uh, among my best fits. We did the kind of lead up every player breakdown. Not a huge surprise there. I think you could have seen him round four through six. The biggest surprise, though, and this leads right into the next part, is undrafted free agents. Grant Haley did not hear his name called. He did not. And by the way, Deshaun Hamilton to the Broncos. Oh, yes. Other, other draft pick. Good fit there. Um, but, yeah, Grant, uh, you know, he, he can provide such value as a nickel corner, as a special teams guy, as a gunner. I'm really surprised he didn't get off the board. Not surprised that he was one of the first phone calls that Giants made. So he's got a real shot to make that team. I, I don't think they took too many uh, defensive backs or took any defensive backs in the draft so he's got an opportunity to get in there and play um if he can play fast in camp he can make that team i think and among the undrafted free agents i wrote about this on sunday he's got the best shot i think by far of any of them making the team and it's largely due to that fit but also the skill set that he carries in and i'm not here to say grant haley's a shutdown cornerback or you know will be a very good nfl cornerback i'm just saying simply saying the services he can provide indisputably you mentioned special teams at nickel you know potentially as a return man you know, are undeniable. Right. They're there. 
So for them to pick him up essentially on the street is a great ad. And his primary competition for that nickel spot, you know, they got a bunch of journeymen in the back end. But after Janoris Jenkins and Eli Apple, Apple being a question mark still as it is, even as a former first-round pick, is 33-year-old William Gay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think you have to tell our listeners. I'm sure a bunch of Steeler fans are out there. They're pretty happy he's not on the Steelers roster anymore. So You can print the Grant Haley Giants jersey. Uh, wow. You heard it here, May 1st. Wow. I think you were printing the Grant Haley will be drafted higher than Christian Campbell jersey at one point, though. And so. then it sounds like there are checks being printed <laughs> for me yeah. from Grant Haley's camp. But I just assure you uh, – yeah, I think he's going to be on that team. Brendan Mann to the Panthers. Um, I like that uh, because they didn't draft an offensive lineman. He's got an opportunity to step in there, can play guard, can play center, can even play tackle. So uh, if you can do that, if you can snap in the pros, you've got a shot to make a roster. And they brought him in as a priority guy. It was one of their first calls. And, you know, he's ecstatic to be going down there. I talked a little bit to Brendan, uh, you know, the other day when it happened. And he's a man of few words, uh, especially on the social realm. But uh, he's pretty happy to be in Carolina. And I think it's a good situation for him. It is. He'll, he has the steepest competition from his fellow undrafted free agents, Kyle Bosch out of West Virginia, Taylor Hearn also down there, I think, from Clemson. Um, guys who potentially could have been draft picks. And I think you could throw Brendan Mann in that discussion, but but Bosch was projected a little bit higher for him. Otherwise, they've got some kind of swing guys in there in Carolina. They're trying to fit that they're, I think, higher on than probably everybody else. Um, there is opportunity there. I think, though, just that competition factor you know, is a little bit steeper for him than you might expect. So it's a good fit, but... Apparently, the agents for Hearn and Bosch also saw that, and that's why they all were snapped up by the Panthers. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think some of these guys, and we talk about making a roster, but practice squad's a pretty good change, too. So, I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll, I think some of these guys will, will end up, I think, what, Kyle Carter's bounced around on practice squads. There's been some other guys that are— Well, Garrett Sickles, Brandon Bell last year both yeah, make it. Absolutely. Sickles so. gets a late-season call. Who's the other guy? And I'll list them off right now as we, we look through who's most likely to make a roster amongst these. Uh, Tyrell Chavis, your reporter, is going to the Giants, or you, you tweeted out the other day, is going to the Giants. Um, Sade Blacknall, Jason Cabinda both land with the Raiders. Curtis Cothran of the Minnesota Vikings. Parker Cothran of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Tyler Davis to the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go with Blacknell. Uh, I know this uh. is not your favorite pick um, because of his, produ- his lack of production at Penn State. But uh, physically, he can get it done. Uh, the Raiders, I'm honestly not sure what they have at receiver. I know Michael Crabtree is. Would you like to know? I'd love to know, but I just want to make a Michael Crabtree is 40 years old or 50 years old joke. But, you know, by all means, step in and and tell me what the Raiders have. Do you want to make the joke or you just want to say that you want to make the joke? No, I'm going to hold on to it. Use it for fantasy season when he he scores three touchdowns against me. So you think Saeed Blacknall is going to be able to not only take out Michael Crabtree's locker but maybe get his old handicap parking spot possibly yeah okay take the walker out of his locker and you know, not strong but rest. you know for the top of your head not bad so. <laughs> yeah for like hey make this joke <laughs> um here's what see blacknell's gonna face he's got jordy nelson amari cooper martavis bryant so those are roster locks right. in my mind uh seth roberts is, is a serviceable wideout. apparently they're looking to trade him beyond that johnny holton griff whalen seventh round pick isaac whitney dwayne harris so harris more of a special teams guy I think that's where he's got to make an impact if he wants to contribute. My thing is there's a reason his potential was never maximized at Penn State. I think it probably has to do with his approach. And if that's not going to change now in college when you athletically are better than everyone else but are not able to really prove that beyond a shadow of a doubt – yeah, why, why is it going to show up in the league when you, everyone's an elite athlete? Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, he's he's a really good athlete. Um, he's 
you know, flash, flash in the pan production, I guess you would call it. And, you know, if he ends up like a Rod Streeter, maybe that's his best case scenario. Undrafted out of Temple a few years ago. But, of course, the league has, has changed a lot in, uh, I think, six years since Streeter came out. So he's got a shot. He can make a practice. He's athletic enough to make a practice squad, I think. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is how I rank them because I had Black Null as the fifth most likely to make the roster. Oh, you ranked them? Wow. Yeah, that was the other part. See, there are perks to reading my stuff. I had to look up who went where. But anyway. um, I had Curtis Gothard there because I was shocked at, for such an elite defensive team, the Vikings' defensive tackle depth. You know, they lost Jamar Steffen, um, another D-tackle that escapes me right now, to in free agency. They're gone. They brought in Sheldon Richardson to compliment Linval Joseph. That's basically it. They spent like a mid-round pick, which is a little Johnson, used to be out of Iowa. Beyond that, you know, they brought around uh, Cothran, another undrafted free agent, Hercules Mata'afa, you heard him? He's going to make the team. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know because he's like a recent guy. So, with sorry, like Kurt, that, Like but... maybe his recruiting days, he knew about him. Uh, a six-round pick and then two journeymen behind him. So I think there's a significant drop-off there from Joseph and Richardson. Richardson, you know, might get spent. He's got some off-field stuff. But, um, you know, he can play inside at end. They've got some really good ends. I think practice squad is probably where he's destined. He's got to work for it and certainly improve. But the situation for him is is really underrated. Then I could bend it four. Raiders have the worst linebacking core in the league, but a lot of those guys have earned their checks already as special teams, you know, right. specialists. Bowman still there? No, he's not. Oh. All right. So um, beyond that, Parker Cawthorn, I think, is a long shot just because he's kind of in that tweener mole with the 3-4 that they play. I don't know if they want him at the nose or at end. And they've got great depth, not so much at nose, but they did spend a seventh-round pick and signed another undrafted free agent, Greg Gilmore out of uh, LSU. Kyle Chavis, the Giants, is a late selection. I think he's got the tools, but um, another team that, you know, the fit might not just be their defensive tackle, but he could get another look depending on how things go in the preseason. Tyler Davis, I mean, Stephen Housh got a really good year last year. Right. So. I, uh, Kickers are just—it's so hard. I mean, you look at Sam Ficken, who's who's sort of broken in with the the, the Rams. It's so hard to get in as a kicker. I mean, it's just yeah. they, they recycle and, and just keep going back through these other guys. And Ficken was lucky enough to find a roster spot where, where they had an injury at the end of last season. But yeah, it's just so tough to break into that. And Tyler Davis, you know, did not have the best year last year. So nope. you know, all the best to these guys. Um, you know, it's a, it's going to be an interesting road to see who can stick because, like I said, that practice squad money is pretty good, pretty good money. Yeah, yeah. And the reason you know talking about Hauschka and Buffalo now is they home is a hard as a kicker, but he was seven of nine on field goals from fifty yards or more last year. Right. And that dude is going to handle kickoff, so it's not an instance of you know either he's got accuracy issues or maybe the leg isn't as strong. Like you know, Davis has got to be almost near perfect, I think, to continue on in training camp. But you know, you keep trying, as he said, Sam Ficken shows that there's a there's a way after that will. Buffalo is a good spot because when that city implodes after the Monday night game around Halloween against the Patriots, um, then yeah. somebody can come in and, and take over for the rest of the He could be a, a replacement player for them. I didn't know that that was going to happen, but yeah, all right. It's it's like just before Halloween. It's a Monday night. It's just a recipe for just fire and brimstone. It's going to be fun to, to, to view from a distance. So RIP Buffalo. <laughs> get, there, get there now if you haven't been there yet. So. Right. Hey, what do you think of uh, you know? I, I was curious on your thoughts. Braxton Berrios to the uh, to the the Patriots. The easiest mock projection <laughs> draft like you ever could have had in the entire. Like it was just. Are you? Oh, wow. Like I, it was just you know. <laughs> it was it was funny. It's also just like are you, it's too, you know you trolling everyone at this point. Easy. Like yeah, it's just too easy. Too easy. It was funny. Yeah. Well, I see the Cowboys traded Ryan Switzer and they didn't go to the Patriots. That was kind of an upset. Yeah, that was that was a shocker. All right. Uh, where did he go? By the way, not to. 
He went to spin off too far. Seattle yeah. or Oakland. He went somewhere in the West Coast, I believe. I liked him. Yeah, I've I've always liked him. He was a good player. So now next year. Yeah. Next year is a long way off. This was supposed to be a big draft class. It was, I think, maybe a little bit smaller than people anticipated. Um, Penn State, again, eight undrafted free agents. That still means you've got a pretty good crop that's leaving the building. In my mind, you've got eight likely, maybe down to six draft picks next year based on you've got three seniors who I think are locks and then about five underclassmen who, if they wanted, some more likely to leave than others, could hear their names called. So – uh, I wrote this on the site, which means I know you didn't see it. And <laughs> I I'll, did. I'll, I have it up yeah, on my phone right yeah. now. Yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll run them down now. So I heard three, about it. The three seniors. <laughs> yeah, you can share that if you'd like. Uh, Trace, obviously, quarterback. DeAndre Tompkins, a wideout. And Amani Orwarie, a corner. The underclassmen, in my mind, I'll go down most likely to least likely. Um, Sharif Miller, I think, will be gone after this year. Again, he's also a redshirt junior, so it's not your standard three years and then not get your degree. Right. Uh, Juwan Johnson, I think, after that. John Reed would be higher if not for the ACL, no question. Then Kevin Givens. And then I look at someone like Ryan Bates, who if he feels like he's ready, you know, he, he's a guy who could take off. Yeah, that 2015 recruiting class is, was just loaded. I mean, they they nailed the 2014 class with the, the guys they grabbed late, but the 2015 class, including Saquon Barkley, I mean, there's a, a ton of pro potential in there. So, yeah, I mean, some of those guys are, are, are ways off right now. Um, I think Probably Johnson and Miller, I agree with you, are the two closest to going. Um, I think Miller's uh, – I'm right there with you with Miller. I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's going to get to the quarterback a lot. And, and given his situation and his background, I think he's he's probably a guy that would jump. Um, but I think he can also make it too. So, yeah. Um, absolutely. Juwan's got all the physical tools and everything you want in a receiver. So Anybody that I miss, you think? Um, you know, the the only one that, that bounces off me is Connor McGovern, which I, I heard we've about had this too. we've yeah. had this discussion before. I don't think he's he's ready, but I mean he'll he'll be a third year starter at that point. So I mean that that's a possibility. Don't see it happening, but you know, we we like to project these things. I think he uh, landed in a uh and I mean we're about to jump into our own stupidity and our own silliness here with the next segment. Oh, we're all in on But that. you want to talk about peak stupidity and silliness. Twenty nineteen mock drafts have come out the day after twenty eighteen is wrapped. Oh, fantastic. And among them was a mock draft that had Connor McGovern included in the first round. And I, again, the, the whole exercise is stupid. It's not about Connor McGovern's inclusion. It's right. about making one in the first place. Well, I, I looked at one yesterday, and it's all like Georgia, Texas, you know, the Clemson. big schools. Like, and that just doesn't happen. Well, so. perfect example is Baker Mayfield going number one. Right. Anyone says this, you know, May 1st, May 2nd, 2017, you go – it's not about college production. It's about how they fit in the NFL. Yeah. Lo and behold, that dude fits better in the NFL, according to the Browns, than anyone else. All right. We'll go with that. So, Trace McSorley, you're number one next year then? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, you heard it here first. Um, Miles Sanders is also, you know, running backs yes. being what they are. Um, you know, the, the possibility is always going to be there. Um, but, you know, he's got a prove it on the field first obviously he's get, i think he's got immense talent um he's got the ability to showcase himself and uh, as as we talked about before he's the number one and i don't think number two is all that close to him so i think miles has a possibility but if, if you're looking at big numbers for the draft next year it's got to be a huge uh you know outgoing of of underclassmen and which you know you can be on the fence about but we're months away from the season, so I don't think that you can make that call right now. Two other names I'll throw out there that, again, looking at where we stand right now, most likely draft picks that could emerge. Um, Nick Scott, as we saw with Troy Apke, and Cole Farmer, right. who are both going to be out the door regardless as fifth-year seniors. But, you know, a big year. 
Who knows? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, the the senior class, there, there's some players in there. You mentioned Amani. I mean, he's he's got an opportunity where he was a fourth corner a year and a half ago. So, yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the, there'll be some guys that eventually work their way up through there. Um, they're going to have to kill it at the combine like Troy Apke, but that's, you know, that's what happened with him. So, I mean, replicate that success. They'll be all right. All right. Okay. Put on your goggles. I don't have goggles, but I'm wearing Get on glasses. your swimsuit. We are going to dive into the deep end of the stupid Penn State power rankings. All right. Hopefully a segment every week, uh, or however long, here's, we, however often hoping. we do these episodes <laughs> this summer. Um, Which, so, By the way, we're going to Nashville for the 24-7 convention. That's why we're out a little bit earlier this week. So Wednesday through Friday, we'll be in Nashville. So help us, but we'll be fine. Or send recommendations. Send, I mean, you've been there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Recommendations are great. So. Mm-hmm. Hit, hit up Andrew's Twitter with the, all the recommendations. Yes. All right. Um, Back to the power. Yeah, rankings. moving on. Okay, so we did uh, Penn State players as potential bouncers a couple of weeks ago. Jonathan Thomas, Ryan Buckles. We kind of stopped there. Uh, but the point being not just largest, scariest human beings, but if you were to run from them, you would be caught right. and, and suffer the consequences. Um, so any any change there? Any additions you want to make? Nah, Buckles still my guy. Yeah, and yeah, Jonathan Thomas. I mean, I think we heard Sterling Jenkins at the door, but I wouldn't. You know, I mean, if you're going to put a large human being at the door, give me, you know, Chad's right, six eight, threes. I mean, Sterling can can run. I mean, it can't really block, but he can run. So, all right, all right, we'll go with that. Here we go. So this week's stupid Penn State power rankings: Penn State assistants as Fortnite players. Mm-hmm. Now, my roommate is speaking about you know diving headfirst into something is among the millions who are doing that with Fortnite. Right. I, I still have only had my toe in the water. Um, but when you've been over, you've seen him play. It's, I've since played a little bit. It's fascinating. You get the addiction even just sitting there. You do. It's like, I mean, and I'm a little older playing GoldenEye. It uh, was always something that, you you know, even if you weren't playing, you were intently watching oh, yeah. on the non-HD screen and, you know, four-player in each corner. But no, Fortnite. Fortnite, I haven't played it uh, don't have the time, but at, at this point, it's one of the most fascinating things to see it pop up. And you see it with the team. I mean, the team's oh my all in on it, although they have, I think, divided between Fortnite and the other game, which I don't remember the name off the top of my head. But no, it's fascinating. But it takes, uh, it takes a special breed to to really get into Fortnite. So, yeah. Um, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. So, let's imagine a world in which Penn State staff is also engrossed in this addiction. Compete in everything you do. It's yeah. Core value. So, they're competing. Let's say they've had, you know, instead they're on, they're not, they're they're faking right now that they're on the road recruiting, right? That's pretty much what everyone's up to, but instead they are away at a retreat. They have a week or two to train for Fortnite, and then they're just going to play for a couple of days, keep track of all their kills, who finishes first, and then that guy gets a bonus. Right. Okay. Right. So um, that'll unfold. Who is your number five best player on the staff? Matt Limegrover. Um, ah. I, I, here's the thing: trash talk is is apparently an in, an integral part of Fortnite. We saw last week when the Penguins played the Flyers, what kind of trash talker <laughs> Matt Limegrover was. That's true. He, That's so he true. Really did not hold back. So he's an offensive line coach, which he, you know you can sit around and play video games as an offensive line men or offensive line coach. So I'll go with Matt Limegrover as my fifth. Okay, uh, mine Brent Pry. I think just that that energy, that locked in, that stare. Like you know, you take what you see from him uh, answering certain questions and pressers or on the field or just clips on the sidelines. Like just imagine that with a headset on and just staring at the TV screen controller in front of him. Like I just can't imagine him not succeeding in one way or another. Or like making calls, adjustments on the defense, like calling out calls where people need to be on the map and how you coordinate with your squad. 
I, I think he's up there. All right. But not too far. Because right. number four, I don't know what it is. I don't know him well. But just in the few interactions and you hear things and you read things, Jaywan Slider, I think, you know, a little bit younger too, you know, connecting with all the Florida kids, I have to imagine they play as well. I think he would just have a little bit more natural feel for kind of maneuvering around the map playing. Maybe he was a Golden Knight kid growing up too. He might have been. Um, he played at West Virginia, so he needed to do something, I guess. Um, but uh, no, I'm – he coached at West Virginia, sorry. Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I agree with you on Cider. Uh, some people have asked about his, his personality. I mean, I think that's still coming into its own uh, with, all the, with all the new guys. Uh, but he's very outgoing. He's, he's a guy that if, you, if you're going to recruit in Florida, you've got to be able to talk. He can talk. Yeah. My number four, uh, Terry Smith. Ooh. That makes no sense. But here's the thing. Terry Smith will find a way to get John Reed to play for him. And John <laughs> Reed is probably the best Fortnite player on the team. So he's, uh, he's my number four. That's it's an outstanding angle. John Terry. Reed would hack into Terry Smith's game and play it for him somehow. He, he built a computer. I don't know if you knew that or not. Yeah. You know, we watch his film. I do. I'd like a lot of film. John Reed. Chocolate. John Reed probably watches Fortnite film. All right. now, now I got to ask him about it. I talked to Trace about this actually a little bit. Fortnite. Huh. I'm interested to read that. I mean, I probably won't. No. Yeah, you won't. Yeah, all right. Not no. interested enough. My number three, you you, you stole my Brent Pry thing because his stare oh is something, God. man. He, he's intense. Um, he's meticulous. He's a guy that can, uh, you know, probably throw a headset if things don't go right. And he's a coordinator, potential head coach. So Brent Pry is my number three. Okay. All right. Number three for me, Ricky Ronnie. You brought in the brain of John Reed there. Cornell guy. I think, again, you give him a retreat and say, listen, this is all that we're going to do. Ricky is going to be able to find a way, as James has said, you know, he works too hard. He's too smart not to be successful. Forget football. Okay. Well, let's just throw that straight into to Fortnite. And again, like not not a you know younger guy in the sense that you might have with like a Tyler Bowen that we haven't brought up yet um, or some other guys in the staff. And OK, let's let's get this out of the way now. The GAs yeah. would clean house. The GAs would. Would yeah. clean. No, I right. think naturally. I agree. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ricky would find a way to succeed, and I think he would. You know, Ricky's my number two. Uh, he's a oh. sharp guy. Um, he he would strategize. He's also got two young kids, so he he's he needs to stay ahead of them in this game, mm. so that when they start playing these games, he can be right there and kill them. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, I just mentioned Tyler Bone. He is my number two, okay. and that has a lot to do with the age. You know, again, I, I just think it just kind of comes more natural. It's like hopping in the internet, and your, your parents were like, "How did hopping you?" Hopping in the internet. No, no, okay, like. <laughs> Like, you know, years ago, right? Like you first get dial-up or whatever you had and then your parents are kind of still struggling to figure out left and right click and you're like, listen, this is not hard. And you don't know why it's not hard for you except for you just picked it up when you were younger. You, and- have, you have no idea how funny that is. My parents just got cable internet and HD last week. So, wow. yeah. Shout out mom and dad. Yeah. It, it's worth it. Anyway. But you know what I mean? Like you you grew up with the internet. You grew up with anything. Like it's just a little bit easier for you. And I, I think for Tyler, that advantage would, would play a lot. Um, I don't know if he's into video games or ever played them, you know, before, but he's a guy, you know, was, was a GA here, you know, is familiar with the compete and everything you do. I think it's just kind of, I don't know, it's there. Our number one, your number one, our number one, everyone's number one has to be <laughs> Sean Spencer. Because if he got a week to play with this, um, I, I'm not sure he would make it out of that room, but um, yeah, he's, he's going to win. I just... His name's Chaos. I mean, he doesn't even have to change his name to, to, to sign into Fortnite. No, you don't need a name for your squad. It's Wild Dogs. That's already done. Right. He just, um, I don't know. I just. <laughs> he's he's it's, the obvious. It's too he's easy. such an obvious number one. Right. Yeah, he's like Sam Darnold. Such yeah. an obvious number one. And, yeah, <laughs> an obvious number one. And you really want to see it now, too. Yeah, I kind of do. Like before, this was like, okay, this is never going to happen. Pure fantasy. But now you're like, 
Sean, can you just you know play Fortnite and let us know how it goes? And then we don't hear from him and we know the answer. It's still going on. Yeah. It's going really well. It's probably true. All right. You left Tyler Bowen off the list, though, and I know you know him fairly well. Yeah. I mean, I, he doesn't strike me as a big video game guy. I mean, he's uh, his Georgia guy. You know, I'm not sure he's he's a little bit uh, – not going to call him slow, but you know, he's got that slow draw. I just don't think video games are his thing. Plus, I wanted to get the Terry Smith-John Reed connection in there okay. and the Matt Lime Grover Penguins flyers. I love that. If he was good at Fortnite, having sat down with him a couple times now. He's I great. Just, yeah, he's I, fantastic. I would. He, he's a guy that you want to go have a beer with and or – Four or five, and just and you mentioned the smack talk, the zingers too. Speaking with some of the offensive linemen, he will dish it out in the yeah. room, and it's not just kind of like, hey, you need to clean up this technique or that was awful. It's you know, putting it in a way that you go, wow, that like singed <laughs> singed the air on its way to hitting me. Right. Uh, but all right, this was fun. It was. I'm looking forward to next week. All right, back to the serious stuff. Recruiting, as you mentioned, I slept through the Andre White commitment. Mm, uh, Texas A&M, and you had a crystal ball in for him. Everybody had a crystal ball yeah. in Penn State for him. Um, it's a surprise. I mean, I, there's no other way around it. I mean, this was a stunner to me. It was a stunner to you know the people in the Lash Building. Um, the, an hour and a half down the road, Michael Parsons' teammate. He, it's not like he is. He, he, sometimes you look back on this and you say, "Hey." You could see some of the signs coming. Well, he was just here for the blue-white game last week, and he's visited uh, once a month probably for the last six months, if not more. Um, probably been on campus more than anyone. Um, just, you know, it's, it's very convenient for him to get up here. Turns around, commits to Texas A&M. I guess the day his unofficial visit starts. That's crazy. I mean, that's that's top five for me in terms of most surprising things to happen. I, I woke up Saturday. Um, I as I mentioned, I slept through it. My phone died. I put my phone on the charger. Didn't even pay any attention to it. Well, woke, also default total legitimate excuse. Wife's birthday weekend. Wife's birthday weekend. Yeah, but um, that's never an excuse in, in recruiting. Come on. Um, but uh, now I, I woke up Saturday morning. I, there was a thread said Andre White committed, and I'm like, oh, I hope Doan covered this. You know, I can't believe I missed it. Right. And then, I, then I opened it up, and I was like. It took me a full minute to process what was going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, committed to A&M. It's a guy that we had penciled in in dark pencil into Penn State's class. And, and, you know, I think a lot of people did. And I think the staff expected him to end up there. Really not sure what happened. I mean, it, he, very brief, late at night. Yeah. And you almost wonder, like, was this some other commit just thinking it was funny while he's on campus saying, yeah, you're going to come here. Let's well, make given it. Given the, I mean, the edit wasn't particularly well done. So I thought it was yeah. a joke at first, but I mean, it, it which is, is fine. You know, congratulations yeah, to him. Absolutely. You make your decision. That's a place that you want to be. Feels like home, whatever, however you want to frame it. Yeah. So if um, anybody wants to know what happened, I, I don't have an answer for you. I mean, it's yeah. just, it was, it was crazy. I know a lot of people in Harrisburg were surprised as well. Um, but you know, Penn State will be fine. Yeah. White was high yeah. on the board. He wasn't top of the board, but he was a guy that they wanted. They still were pursuing him. So any any inkling that you have to say, you know, Penn State cooled on him is not true. Um, but uh, yeah, still after guys like Brandon Smith and Lance Dixon, linebacker board is is fairly clear. They're, they're going to look at some guys this spring. Um, Luke Fulton's a guy that's been brought up on the site. Bill Green wrote something the other day. Penn State uh, has been looking at him for a long time. Um, you know, we've written, written about him going back into the fall. Good player from Ohio. I don't know that they move anybody on anybody right now. Um, they're still going to stay after White, um, from what I understand. So I, I don't think a ton changes from that aspect. For him to stay committed, what, uh, eight months or seven months till the first signing day? It's a long time. It's a long day, especially when you're two-thirds of the way across the country. So I don't think a ton changes right now, but they'll, they'll be looking a little bit harder for linebackers this spring. Still feel good about Brandon Smith. Uh, Lance Dixon's a guy that, that, that Penn State is in a really good spot for as well, taking official this summer. So, um, 
in in terms of uh, of linebacker recruiting hasn't been the best but i i'm not really in a panic mode or anything like that i think they'll they'll hang around with andre white i think they will so i want to panic <laughs> you want to panic i know you want to panic just to annoy you <laughs> you would love to love to do that uh but then again number two running back in the country on campus last weekend noah kane uh, mm. was up from florida img academy originally from texas louisiana um you know with his family situations a little different but uh you had a good chat with him had a great chat with him uh, actually the first time i talked to him so i was pretty impressed by uh, what he had to say, what he had to see. Uh, James Franklin wasn't on campus, but he spent time with the entire staff. Of course, Jay Wansider is his, his main connection down there, but got a chance to meet a, a lot of the staff, and he was impressed. I think uh, you can read the full recap on the site. He had a lot of good things to say about Penn State. Um, the thing to remember, uh, he plans on being back or on coming back, next, uh, whether it's the summer or for an official or whatnot. Uh, very talented player from the probably the, the most talent-producing school in the country. Uh, that, that, that seems to be a good thing. One thing uh, about his visit, uh, stopped at the Creamery. Vanilla Bean was his selection. Mm, that's a red flag. Is it? Yeah. I, I mean, it's classic, but I agree with you. I, I just thought he'd you know, stray a little bit and go with uh, one of the more creative. I'm not sure what they have on tap or whatever they – in the jug or whatever they have. Uh, down below. Call, yeah, down below. We'll call it that. Uh, on the scoop, if you will. Um, Ooh, but, that's better. Yeah. That's much better than I'm a I big, said. Yeah. I'm a big uh, Russ Rose. Um, his flavor is, is the best one up there. Bittersweet mints, great as well. Um, but uh, vanilla bean uh, – an interesting take. rumor has it he's he's going down in the next top two four seven to be released. It might uh, that might happen, but uh, yeah, we're not going to get into the creamery power rankings. You can tweet us. Yeah, that was the original it. idea. Uh, for those who are wondering where we might be going next, we'll we'll get a little less ridiculous. I think next time around, but um, <laughs> I, don't know I mean, if that. we're if we're going to jump into the silly season, let's do <laughs> grown men playing Fortnite. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Uh, silly season. Coaches on the road right now. Um, one thing to clear up: James Franklin, head coaches can't be on the road right now. So mm-hmm. you know he was in Dallas last week and reached out to some kids from the draft, which is pretty cool. But he can't go visit. You know, for instance, somebody asked about Lewis Seen, who's in Dallas now, a safety prospect from Massachusetts. He can't go out and see these kids. So basically what, what they do in the spring, they'll go watch these kids work out, bump into them, if you will, say hello or whatnot. Uh, you can't sit them down and talk to them. You can't go in their homes or anything like that. So there's not a ton that can be accomplished. Right now, for for the bigger prospects, it's more about being seen um, or, or knowing that that these guys are on campus. Um, you know, th- there's really very little that you can do in terms of recruiting in that aspect. And then, of course, they'll see guys throw. They'll, they'll see guys work out. Uh, yeah. They're looking at 2020 quarterbacks right now. Still looking at 2019 quarterbacks as well um, to to, to complement uh, Taquan Roberson. But for the most part. Not the most active time of year, but it's it, it's one of those things where you'll see where these guys pop up. So please panic. Please panic. Three commits right now. Um, I'm going to do the, the countdown of, of guys that probably were on our big board or that are now off the board. Uh, Tyson Fomashan, Garrett Schrader, who ended up at Mississippi State, mm-hmm. and Andre White. Right. So that's pretty much it right now. Still recruiting some guys committed elsewhere. You know, Samson James is a guy that's popped up lately, Ohio State commit. But, I mean, if you look at the actual targets that Penn State's, you know, spending their resources on, going to, visiting, having on campus, I mean, three commits is is one thing, but – it's not like they've lost anyone, you know. No. The white thing was completely out of nowhere, but you know, I, I don't think that's that's something that becomes a habit. So, no, it's it's not time to panic. I think I said that last week. I think I said that the week before. I probably will say, the say same it next thing. episode. Yeah, we'll say it next. We'll, we'll we'll dive into this next time. Okay. So, all right. Let's do mailbag. 
Great. I loved how this was phrased. And it's not so much that I agree with this the description, <laughs> but this was just you put a lot of time into how do I want to phrase this and be very specific. And so these are not my words, um, but it's a good question. So here's the first question. Who will win the quote 2018 Troy Apke slash Malik Golden slash Trevor Williams slash Josh Hull award for the best perceived liability dash turn breakout player in his final year of eligibility who parlays it into a crack on an NFL roster award? You're going to fit that on a trophy? Yeah. <laughs> well, he can take Trevor Williams out of there. He doesn't belong in there. He was a three-year starter. Yeah. And, and it was more about not being a liability. Just we didn't talk about him at all. Like that's how good you know, he was good. Yeah, but anyway, good. but Apke, Golden, uh, Josh Hall as well. Josh Hall, you didn't live through Josh Hall. That was a that was a special time in yeah on the interwebs. Yeah, he was a walk on from Penn's Valley right down the road. Uh, ended up making a roster and and spending a couple of years in the NFL, I think. Um, but I tell you what, Penn State fans were not his biggest fan. So he was not Brandon. He was not Brandon Smith. I'll say mm, that. So okay. Anyway. But yeah, there's a couple of guys in there. I know you, you you singled out a couple of guys in your chat. Well, yeah, and it's the same answer I had for you know we talked about 2019 draft picks who were guys who could you know didn't make my list but could join it. Nick Scott and Cole Farmer, cool. and yeah. you know it's it's not anything that I have a, a ton of confidence in. I mean, I think you look at Troy Apke's rise in particular from last year when I'm writing. Listen, I think Nick Scott's going to win the safety job. Um, surprised I beat you too bringing that up this episode. It's usually a you special, yeah. Um, but to a fourth round draft. Like it's just I think we're underrating how mind blowing that is and not from the standpoint of the Redskins did what, but from wow, all the work that takes you know, for that Apke poured in to make that happen right. or even a possibility and to go to the combine in the first place. I mean, th- these were all big deals for him and, and you really got to tip your hat um, to everything he did. So yeah, I don't think this happens every year. It might've happened back to back years. Malik Golden was very good in 2016, you know, good to still hang around with the Steelers figures to, you know, be in that safety mix competing with Marcus Allen once again. Um, but, you know, right now, I think the safety spot is probably, again, where you'd look. And if not, a former safety and farmer. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I think the thing is you look at the roster and there's a lot of fairly proven commodities. I mean, the, even though Penn State lost a lot of guys to the draft, there's a lot of guys that played a lot of football. So, Among the seniors, yeah. Yeah, so the pool is is fairly shallow in terms of, uh, of who's going to make that next step, who's going to who's gonna be that guy. Um, I go with Coe Farmer. Um, you know, I still think there's a player in there. Um, and James Franklin said it uh, a couple weeks ago. They have seen what they need to see from Koa Farmer. We haven't seen what they need to see from Koa Farmer. I He's still not think, playing at the speed they expect. Right. I still think he can I, I still think he can do that. And if you're trying to uh, sort of wedge somebody into this, you know, this category that's fairly precise, I think Koa is probably one of the guys there. All right. Uh, what are the personalities like for the new assistants? Well, we talked about uh, Jay Wan Sider a little yeah. bit, ago, a little bit more open, uh, louder. Uh, yeah, you know, has to recruit Florida, so That's probably swag. smooth tongue. Uh, Tyler Bowen <laughs> described him as slow a little bit ago. You want to? just got to shore that slow. up here. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll double down on that. Tyler, <laughs> Tyler's a great dude, um, but he's a little bit slower. Uh, haven't heard much from Corley. Um, from from a recruiting standpoint or from a, a coaching standpoint, James Franklin said those guys were just kind of getting their feet wet. Yeah. Um, so it, it's still a work in progress. I, you know, we've heard good things, but that's obviously all you're going to hear about those guys at this point. But um, yeah, so I, I think Corley has really um, quietly as a recruiter, you know, helped themselves or help Penn State with uh, guys like Cameron Kelly, guys like Der- uh, Devin Young, or excuse me, Devin Ford. Um, so. It, 
he's working a little bit down in Virginia, but given how far away that is, I don't think you see the results right away. I think that's something that comes along in the next couple of months. You know, I think would be fair too is, you know, the assessment you might have as an outsider looking at each of their Twitter feeds. Yeah. You know, is a decent look into all of us one shape, you know, form or another. Um, not maybe just out on on the surface, but you know, when you look at Cider, for example, I mean, he's got like gifts of like Dragon Ball Z of like how Penn State is attacking the recruiting trail. He's like, oh, I'm in the DMV. I'm like Trace McSorley right now. Like, yeah, he's loose. He's got swagger. He's got a ton of confidence. In what right. he can do. Corley, a little bit more conservative, quiet. We see him at practice, and you know, he's handling the business with the wideouts. And you know, from everything we've heard, like you said, you're only going to hear good things, but it's gained their trust. And I think it's it's a distinct difference between the two among you know the new uh, or the three new offensive skill guys at those positions but you know you want that kind of balance on your staff because your whole entire team is made up of personalities that need to relate to the staff accordingly right. and you know you, you, you want to have that diversity and, and Sider had that personality coming in coached at West Virginia coached at Florida big in Florida as well I mean Corley's coming from Army Army I mean, yeah. you're not going to have the most dynamic guy one year but yeah, yeah you know UConn as well. Not I mean, going to be the most it. dynamic anything. <laughs> but and Tyler Bowen's still a young coach. You know he's been a few different places. Was at Maryland, so still working to to, to sort of carve out that identity as well. So we'll, we'll find a lot more about, about these guys in the next year or so. I'd say the last question you basically answered it a couple minutes ago. Uh, what's next for the linebacker position in 2019? Are they still looking at? a couple linebackers and one of them obviously being the box, which I would have to assume because Sam is an entirely different animal. Yeah. I mean, you look at Lance Dixon as a potential Sam, he could play will as well. So, I mean, I don't think that you're pigeonholing yourself into taking two box linebackers and taking one field linebacker. Um, so I, I don't think much changes at this point. I think you still go after Brandon Smith as your possibly top defensive target or one of your top defensive targets. Lance Dixon's there. Jaqu- uh, Jaquan Brisker at Lackawanna as a potential linebacker as well and there's some other guys that might pop up for an official visit or so but yeah i still look at two or three i don't think much changes and and, and obviously andre white's an hour and a half down the road you're not going to give up on an in-state kid like that. right yeah so, yeah so i don't think i really don't think all that much changes so you can we can you can do the panic thing now but i mean i i don't think a ton is going to be different in december or so how many times either via twitter the boards or people texting you have you gotten some version of that question Let's say since January 1st. Since January 1st? Oh, man. I, I just think it's been since the start of April, really. Okay. Like, let's do that. I mean, it's the last month. I'd say probably three or four times a week. Um, if I read the board closely, probably seven or eight times a week. <laughs> um, just depends what thread that's buried in. Um, About 20? Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. I mean, it's it's been one of those things where, yeah, a year ago, Penn State had 14 or 15 commits. But, hey, a year ago, they had players in state that they, they were going after. I think right. Penn State's offered two or three kids in state. It just – it's a very different dynamic. The, the spring officials have thrown a wrench into everything. You look at guys that would probably be on board already like a Salim Worley or a Ja'Kai Moore or so, somebody like that. And then all of a sudden the, they tap the brakes because this is the new thing. This is what they want to do and it, it's a free trip. So um, this is, so I, I look at the class and I, I, I can still build the framework of the class based on what's out there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what it's going to look like in December. But it's just taking a little bit longer to get there. Um, saying that – 
you know, Ohio State and Michigan and have three times as many recruits. It's, it's a different situation for everybody. So Because that was true. The reverse of that was true a year ago. Right. Ohio you were State, Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State was State. very low at this time last year, and they didn't have the spring officials, but they, they were in, in, sort of looking outward, going a more national approach and getting on the top, top talent. Penn State, if you look at their board, like I said earlier, they, they haven't lost many guys. So. Uh, there's still priority targets out there and you know whether it's may whether it's june and i think we see the rush of commitments you know just in general in college football when those officials are over because you can only take the officials through mid-june i think it's the 20th or 22nd or something is when it stops and then you can't take them again until august so that window of of mid-june to july will be a little bit more active this year Mm -hmm. so cool yeah uh what's next for us we have the coach's caravan next week if we make it back from Nashville, yeah. Yeah, that's just true. Uh, it's my first time, not yours. I'm actually spending an extra night down there. So when we ask for recommendations, definitely send them in. Um, get you fitted for cowboy boots. <laughs> uh, would you cowboy. believe me if I told you we don't have to get me fitted because that's already been done? I, I would not believe you in the in the. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Really? None? 0. 0.0. All right. 0. 0.0. Well, you are spot on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Coach, Coach Scaraman, that's the next time that we'll get to see James. That's going to be the 8th, 9th, and 10th. You can also see James if you'd like to go. I don't know if tickets are sold out or I don't see what the situation is. But bottom line is um, James, as well as a couple other Penn State coaches, are going to be in New York City, Philadelphia, and D.C. I will be at uh, the Philadelphia and D.C. stops where you know he'll speak with the media beforehand for about 20 minutes or so and then go in and they'll address and they'll speak with donors and answer fan questions and all this different stuff um sandy barber the ad's going to be down there <clears throat> excuse me so after that you know when we talk about having to come up with stuff out of thin air you know we've done it before it happens every year it's the nature of college football there is you know of course stuff to talk about but um that's that's going to be about it for a while yeah, I mean the good thing is with recruiting, you got the official visits now, which you didn't have. So right. coaches are going to have to be on campus for some of those, and and live for life is in June this year, so that's uh, that's an interesting change. So. In some camps, but but like we said, there's going to be really great stuff on the site over the next two months, and you should definitely check it out, or at least set up a little auto clicker or something. So and here's the other part: we have our Penn State fantasy draft coming up. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> I don't know if that's going to be next episode or two episodes or whenever, but we are going to draft our own teams. Last year, it seems like, based on the reaction of the boards and on Twitter, people liked your squad a little bit better. Well, they liked last better, year. So that- yeah, I mean, that's kind of been here for a while. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It'll, right. be, it'll be fun. It will be fun, especially with Tommy coming back, you know? Yeah, that evens things up. It does. So. Now, uh, if you have any ideas at home about stupid Penn State power rankings, by all means, send them in. We are going to have one each week. But, of course, we are open to bigger and better ideas or stupider ideas in this point. And uh, so it begins the spring. Well, the first one was the mock draft power rankings where we put mine in front of yours. Oh, uh, yeah. That was pretty much yeah, it. But that we, was a legitimate stupid idea. Six so. seconds. Yes. So, but I got a couple six-packs out of it, so I'm pretty happy with you did. Right so mostly happy birthday six packs up <laughs> shout out erica another life, another yeah. shout out yeah very good does not listen to the pot i bet I, 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 she would not no, <laughs> no. She, she would have a lot more to say if she did so really um no she likes you i told you that before oh no i'm not worried about me i'm worried about you oh she doesn't like me anyway um <laughs> no but uh we are on itunes we are on stitcher google play, google play. when it when it uploads yes um but uh Rate us on iTunes. Uh, I'm not sure when we'll be back, but it, it, I'm we sure said be, that last week, and here we are. I'm sure, well, we wanted to get the quick one up that was supposed to be a half an hour, and it's 46 minutes. So uh, standard. Us. Yeah, rate us on iTunes. We will see you next time. It will be a great episode, I'm sure. Yeah, if Thank, not, it'll be a little stupid. Thanks for joining us on the Lions 24/7 podcast. <laughs>